Lakers lose to the Pelicans, 128-111 to the final score, 28-16 and on the season. Uh, obviously a tough road for the Lake Show, and I'm sure there's a lot of Laker fans out there. I'm, it's kind of a combination here. I'm sure there's Laker fans that are frustrated, but also at the same time, we understand the predicament, the situation. The situation is LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not playing. So I'm not here to you know try to list off 40 different excuses, but I think what makes this incredibly interesting is the trade deadline is this Thursday. So does that mean that the Lakers should be making some type of a move not only because you want to obviously compete and try and defend your back-to-back championship or a chance to go back-to-back, but also because you want to stay in in some type of contention here and have games over the next 30 days or so where you're competing against your competition. Um, You know, what I've seen at least over these last three games, LeBron leaves in the second quarter against the Atlanta Hawks. We know what happens in the second half. It becomes no game. Uh, Lakers really never in it against the Phoenix Suns. And after the first quarter tonight against the Pelicans, they're not in this one either. Um, What I see is that I don't really see much changing here from a competition perspective as we go forward until we get those other players uh, back in this lineup. We don't know what that timing is, but it is pretty interesting that Thursday's trade deadline is this Thursday that the timing is now that LeBron got hurt rather than if it was a week from now and you know you don't have the option of making another move or whatever the case is. We've always known the Lakers were interested in the buyout market. We always know, you know, John was referencing something during the broadcast about how great Palenka was last off se- or last season uh, where they got Markeith Morris and J.R. Smith was added, a few different players that were added, and we know how big Markeith was. Um this is a, a critical few days for the Lakers, and I think a lot of people are curious to see how it plays out. Okay, I want to do a couple things in this post-game show. Uh, by the way, this will be an extended post-game show. Um, trade deadline coming up this Thursday. There's a lot to get into, and I know a lot of Laker fans want to be a part of it tonight. 877-710-ESPN. Give us your thoughts on the game. And, and I would say just as important, if not more important, how do you think the Lakers handle these next 48 hours or so um, before that game against uh, Philadelphia on Thursday. We're going to find out a lot more from the from this Lakers team. Let me take a quick call here. Uh, let's start off with Ken in Orange County. What's going on, Ken? Uh, hey, Alan. Yeah, you made a really good point, and I'm going to touch on that. But as far as the deadline, um, you know, I, I kind of scratched my head at the beginning of the year because AD is a great player, but after this is over this year, he's going to be averaging 18 missed games per year. And if you know that, and it was a short off season, and going into a regular season, maybe it would have been a good idea to keep a shot-blocking, rebounding center. And hopefully that's one of the things that can change. Now, the point you made is about LeBron. People don't realize that it's more than him scoring. Because when he's on the court, they're double-teaming or triple-teaming, and he's finding guys wide open, and they're making shots. Now the problem is, we see that maybe other than Montres, we don't have that many guys that can find their own shot. And it really, really shows how important and why he's an MVP when he's not out there. Ken, I appreciate you calling in. I'll go a step further than that. You know, sometimes they say, in the NFL, they say the quarterback is the most position, most important position in football. And there's a few reasons for it. Somebody might say, well, he's only playing the offensive end. There's two sides of the football. Why do you think he's the most important? A bad quarterback can screw a defense, too, in the process, where a couple turnovers, the defense, it might look like they gave up more points than they really did. A good quarterback, they control the ball. Um, You might have drives where in a second quarter you had a 10-minute drive and it was 15 plays, and it's a perfect combination of running and throwing, and you you get the other defense uh, tired. LeBron James is not just – you know, I'm I'm using that as an example of – People might look at him and say, well, the guy's only impacting the offensive uh, side of the ball at this stage of his career because he's 25, 8-8, eight and eight, or whatever the case is. The true reality is, the absolute reality is, LeBron is just as effective and important on both sides of the floor because of how he, the control and the pace that he has on the offensive side and the communication that he has on the defensive side for the Lakers. So 
Uh, obviously, this is not much of a surprise to see the Lakers so quickly fall the way they are right now, 0-3 since LeBron went down. Um, okay, I, I want to get to Lakers head coach Frank Vogel, and I want to get his thoughts on this Lakers loss. Um, I encourage you, Laker fans, if you want to be a part of the postgame show, start calling in right now, and we'll make sure to get you throughout the show, 877-710-ESPN. Here's Lakers head coach Frank Vogel on the 128-111 loss of the Pelicans. Hey, Frank, how do you analyze this game based on what your expectations of play are uh, with the given circumstances of guys out and so on? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've had a lot of emphasis on the offensive side of the ball uh, the last couple of days uh, since losing LeBron. Uh, and with Anthony being out and, um, you know, I thought we had some growth, uh, some real growth, you know, some real positives about what we did offensively. Uh, we had a, a you know, a stretch in that second quarter where we hit a big drop, which really hurt us in this game. Um, you know, but with, uh, with all the, the, the emphasis on the offensive end and, and, you know, seeing that type of growth, um, we didn't do, we didn't play well enough defensively, you know, period and particularly the third quarter, um, you know, so we're going to miss guys like that, like Ron and AD on both sides of the ball. And, you know, getting us organized offensively is really probably my top priority right now. And uh, you know, I know we can tighten the screws defensively, but we got to be better on that end. And Frank, with a with the day off before the back-to-back, uh, do you have any idea yet if you could get some help back with Mark returning, or are you are you not focused on that yet and still figuring out a way to piece together what you have? Yeah, that's uh, that's on the medical team to to keep working with him on and his uh, you know his build back up uh, to to return to play. Um, so we'll see uh, until they tell they tell me he's cleared. You know, this is the group that we got, and we got to go win a game Thursday night. Okay, Dave McMenamin. Frank, a handful of NBA teams have been reported to have received the COVID nineteen vaccine, including your opponent tonight. Um, has there been any? progress or opportunities for uh, the Lakers to, to do that as a group? Uh, not yet. You know, we're still waiting. Um, you know, there's been some talk about, you know, trying, trying to get it, but, uh, you know, we're not there yet. Thanks. Okay. Brad Turner, please. Hello, Frank. You are playing really hard. So what's going to be the key to keep the guys from getting discouraged? Oh, we're staying positive. You know, uh, we've got a, a great belief in this group. Um, you know, even with uh, with AD and Brown out, that we can win games during this stretch, and that there's going to be a silver lining to it at the end of it. You know, uh, the growth that we exhibit, you know, over the next uh, X amount of games, you know, where we're shorthanded, uh, will pay dividends for us down the stretch. And you know, we're going to remain positive. We're going to keep playing super hard like we did tonight. And um, you know, we just got to execute better and and collect as many wins along the way as we can. Uh, but our group's going to remain positive. Okay, Dan Wyke, please. Hey, Frank. Um, do you expect uh, big changes in this roster? But you know, following Thursday, um, is that an expectation that you have? And, and I guess, kind of, are there even based on the pro? I mean, it's not like you can go replace LeBron or Anthony Davis at the trade deadline. <laughs> is there a type of player that could even help right now? Um, you know. I I don't, you know, I don't know what type of player. I mean, there's, there's always, you know, types of players that can help you. Uh, but the biggest thing is we just have to get healthy, you know. So my expectation, those conversations are, are for the front office. Uh, you know, my expectation is, uh, you know, we're going to win games with this group. And I believe in the group that we have, you know. So uh, if nothing happens, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to win games. We'll figure out, how to way to, uh, figure out a way to win games during this stretch. And it'll benefit us uh, during the long run. So, you know, I'm not sure if, uh, if we'll see any changes or not. I would probably... Most trade deadline situations, there's a lot of talks uh, that result in nothing. And, you know, that's my expectation as a coach. Okay, Kyle Goon, please. Hey, Frank, um, just wondering what went into the decision to give Devontae a shot at his first NBA start. Um, is it a viable option going forward as long as Mark is out? And, and how tough is it when, you know, he's, physically giving up a ton of weight to guys like Steven Adams and, and Zion Williamson to, to encourage him through that. Yeah. The, the, the 48 minutes is the, is the big picture and, you know, uh, take and beat guys with his, uh, you know, he has advantages in other ways, you know, with the speed running the floor, defensive activity. And I thought he played a good basketball game tonight. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things you're shorthanded, you, you, you fall on the guys that, that you need and uh, you know, you work, uh, work these stretch and, 
if it's a situation where, like Trez, it's better off to keep him in as well coming off the bench and play big minutes that way, um, you know, that's a decision we'll continue to make on a, on a game-to-game basis. But I thought Tate played a good, good, good basketball game. All right, that's uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel right there. Lakers lose to the Pelicans, 128-111. to uh, When we come back, we'll take some of your calls. I'll read off some of your tweets as well. I know i got a ton of tweets here. At Alan Slew on Twitter, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is the Pizza Out Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bledsoe dribbling, goes left side to Brandon Ingram. Now hands it to Alexander Walker, who tried to throw it into Zion, and Devontae Kaycock steals it. Back come the Lakers the other way. KCP, give it a Kuz. Three-pointer by Kuzma, good. And the Lakers lead 3 to nothing. All right, good start for the Lakers. Devontae Kaycock, by the way, got the start for the Lake Show. Uh, defensively for the Lakers, they did end up with 10 steals and four block shots, so not bad. You actually would think that... It was a much better defensive game, but they give up 128 points. The defensive play of the game is brought to you by Adriana's Insurance. Win and save on your auto insurance, and only Adriana's Insurance can guarantee it. We give you more options, unique offers, and exclusive opportunities to get the coverage you need at the best price. Visit SaveWithAdrianas.com today. Adriana's Insurance, more options, no contracts, just savings. I want to go to uh, the phone call or to uh, a couple calls here real quick. Let's start off with um, Daniel in Fairfax. What's going on, Daniel? Hi, how are you? Good, man. Thank you for calling in. When I uh, look at the Lakers in the 1960s, especially with Elgin Baylor, and when they went to small, they would always try to get in to get the guys fouled out. And when you're down by as many points as that, three-point backs just don't do it, especially if you have nobody near the, the basket to rebound. So instead of going for three-pointers, they should go in, go for the two-pointers, and get fouled. I don't see that in this team. Always see a shooting, and the defense was terrible because they've forgotten how to defend, and that's what bothers me about this team. If they really took it from Elgin Bear and the Lakers in the 60s, they would play much better, even small. Because look at the Bruins. The Bruins don't have a big man, and yet they share the ball and make sure they get the best shot. Well, Daniel, let, so me, let, let, let me just kind of remind you here, and I appreciate you calling in. Um, they also don't have any big men. I mean, Marcus Gasol is obviously out. Um, Anthony Davis is obviously out. And Michael Michael emphasized this a number of different times as well. The key was coming into the game. It was on the defensive side. So I don't disagree with you. Yes, points in the paint, it was plus 30 for the Pelicans. Rebounding, it was plus 19 for the Pelicans. But I think it's easier said than done. If Marcus Gasol and Anthony Davis are in this game, the Pelicans don't outscore the Lakers by 30 in the paint. They don't out-rebound the Lakers by 19. Keep that in mind. You know, sometimes... When when teams have injuries, and the Lakers have obviously big-time injuries right now, uh, and let me throw LeBron in the mix there, LeBron's going to get you 8 to 10 rebounds a game as well. Sometimes it gets you 13 or 14. Um, it might sound like sometimes I'm making excuses when I'm talking about these injuries. These are significant injuries. So I get it. Be frustrated. Completely understand. I'm, I'm, let me read off a quick tweet here. This is a perfect example. Um, Alex Trin on Twitter says, This season already lost. <laughs> I'm lost when I read messages like that. I kind of sit back for a quick second. I start wondering um, if people are putting into value what this team is missing and why the road just got so much more difficult. I think a much more interesting conversation would be what the Lakers should do by the time Thursday comes up. Um, let's go to Will in San Pedro. Will, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show. Hey, thanks, Alan. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm disappointed. Always disappointed when you lose when you get smacked down like we did today. But I'm more or less calling about the trade deadline. I, we're obviously not going to probably be able to make many moves. But if we strike out in the buyout market with Drummond, Ellington, or any of the uh, these other guys, what mm-hmm. do you think the chances are they bring back Damian Jones? 
So, and I appreciate the call, and actually, I think that's a great topic. I, I was a fan of Damian Jones. I was doing Lakers talk last night, and I spent a full segment just talking about how I liked this play. I thought Damian Jones was great for the Lakers. Actually, I would get excited for a quick second there. I would start talking about, you know, I'd spent a little time talking about how Damian Jones, I started envisioning before uh, his second 10-day contract was up, I started envisioning Marcus Gasol. Montrez Harrell, Anthony Davis, Damian Jones. Hey, I think we got some size. I think you actually got some options there. Markeith is another guy that they could use during smaller lineups. So I was a fan of Damian Jones. Was he the next Hakeem Olajuwon? No, he wasn't. But he knew his role. He understood uh, almost like a young JaVale McGee. I think that's the example Michael gave during one of the broadcasts. And when I look at him specifically and his role with the Lakers, I definitely, definitely thought that there was an opportunity that he could be a good fit. Here's the reality. If Damian Jones was not kept for the rest of the season, there has to be a reason for that. And the reason is the Lakers think they can do better. Or at least they're going to try to find out if they can do better. I'm going to read off a quote because after the Lakers lost to the Suns, or this was prior to the game, Coach was asked about Damian Jones. He said, with DJ, the door's not closed, but we're going to use this time, this window of time here, approaching the trade deadline and buyout market to maintain our flexibility during this stretch and see what's uh, what's ahead for us. So I mention that because it does not mean that by not signing Damian Jones for the rest of the season that the Lakers can't potentially go back to Damian Jones. I, I don't want Laker fans to think that that door is closed and there's no chance for it. But obviously the Lakers thought they can uh, potentially grab a better center, a more impact center. Of course, the name that we keep talking about, and we'll see what's going to happen here in a short amount of window, the name that everybody's waiting on is Andre Drummond. That's the question. Will Andre Drummond end up with the Lakers? Will he end up with another contender? But the Lakers are obviously shooting. Um, that's the home run that the Lakers are shooting for. There's other game, other names that have been thrown out as well. Hassan Whiteside, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMarcus Cousins. You've heard other names, and I'm just talking about big men. I think the Lakers, if they strike out, hypothetically if they ended up striking out, in um, you know obviously in the in the free agency uh, market and or in the trade deadline and the buyout market, then maybe Damian Jones is still an option. And if he if he is an option, I don't think that's a bad backup option. I really don't. I, I don't think that's a that's a terrible backup option. Um, okay, a couple of things I, I want to line up here. I know we got a lot of people on hold here, so I'm going to take some phone calls in the uh, when we come back. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Montrez Harrell. Had a, a nice game for the Lakers, and he continues to have, you know, obviously effective games. Another 18 points and six rebounds, five of 10 from the field, eight of 12 from the free throw line. When we come back, we'll get a chance to uh, hear from Montrez Harrell. We'll get a chance to hear from all the Lakers in uh, tonight's post game show and uh, see how the Lakers get back on track. They're 28 and 16 now, and uh, they lose to the Pelicans 128 to 111. Stay right here, Pizza Hut Lakers post game show on 710 ESPN. Points in the Paint all season long is sponsored by Vista Paint. Right now, local residents can take 40% off on factory direct high quality Vista Paint products. A Vista Paint team member will show you how locally owned, manufactured, and operated since 1956. Vista Paint. Lakers lose 128 to 111, the final score. Points in the Paint 62 to 32. Pelicans plus 30. Uh, obviously, a big time advantage for the Pelicans. Um, let me take a couple phone calls here before we get to Montrez Harrell. Danny in L.A. What's going on, Danny? Uh, how you doing, um, Alan? Thank you for taking my call. Um, one thing that's hurting us, I know we need the size. Um, you bring out Marcus Gasol, but um, really, Marcus Gasol really hasn't done nothing all year. But my thing is the three-point shooting. Um, we can't go ahead and expect uh, KCP to show up and, and Matthews and all these guys. You know, I mean, we got to do something with that. Well, what's weird too, uh, Danny, and, and this is not the game, uh, which is a little bit surprising, and I appreciate you calling in. Lakers shot 48% from three today, but it felt like every three that they hit, it was, you know, when the game was already done, it was already a blowout. And I, I'm not here, I'm definitely not going to be one that's, you know, going to stand here and defend KCP or defend Wesley Matthews this year. Wesley Matthews, by the way, had a good uh, good game tonight, five of nine uh, 14 points at four threes, but we've gone plenty of games where West West Matthews was missing his shots, wasn't hitting those threes. Um, let let me key in for a quick second on KCP, because I, I think Contavious 
you know, that's the one player for the Lakers where uh, most people are are frustrated because we thought KCP was going to take another step this year. Um, in the offseason, he signs a three-year, $40 million deal, making around $13 million a year. I think it's 12 13 and 14 over the next three years. And coming off that NBA bubble, um, this was one of our Ask MT questions. I told Michael, Michael, uh, after Trez, after THT, after Kuzma, after uh, Dennis Schroeder, who's the guy? Who's the guy that you think's got to really step up in this time without LeBron, AD, and some of these other guys? He said KCP. John, he said KCP. I tweeted out, <laughs> it's KCP. I, I think every Laker fan um, you know, would agree that you want to see more from KCP. I, and it sucks, it sucks to say it, but the guy's not getting the job done, and we're rooting for KCP. I mean, KCP uh, in the bubble I thought was so fantastic, and you're rooting for the guy. You want to see him succeed. He's a Laker. He's been on the Lakers for, this, I want to say this is his fourth season in a row now. Um, he's obviously had impact in that playoff run, and this year he has not lived up to the expectations that we all assumed he was going to. And that's a tough one to swallow. The Wesley Matthews part, you know, we're just talking about some of the shooting for the Lakers, how awful it's been. Um, The Wesley Matthews part, I thought this guy was going to take over for Danny Green. You know, a lot of the conversation was like, man, Danny Green was making $15 million a year. Wesley Matthews was about $3.5 million. We're getting Wesley Matthews to play Danny Green's role at the fraction of the price and Wesley Matthews has not been consistent by any stretch of the imagination. Like I said, tonight, nice game, was 4 for 8 from the three-point line, but for the most part, uh, he has not been consistent. Let me squeeze in uh, one more quick call here. Paul in Orange County. What's going on, Paul? Hey, brother. I love your show. Thank you, man. And uh, I want to talk about Dennis Schroeder because it is it is basically puzzling uh, the way he's playing and the pundits are calling him the third best option in the Lakers. And, and I know that he refused already to sign a good contract offered by the Lakers from what I heard from the media. And uh, unfortunately he disappeared. Uh, I mean, since uh, AD went down and now LeBron is out, uh, he's not showing up. He had a bad, yep. He had had a bad game today, I would say. Um, And Paul, I appreciate you calling him. We're going to get to Montrez here, here in just a second. He had a bad game today. Today he struggled. He was uh, 2 of 10 from the field, did hit 10 free throws, did have 7 assists and 2 steals, 15 points. Um, but I don't think he's been – I think we'd be overreacting if we thought he's been uh, He's been overly bad. You know what I noticed with Dennis Schroeder? When he was out for four games, health and safety protocols, Lakers lost all four of those games. And I'm not saying that he's the all and be all, uh, but I think he's an impactful player. I really do. And as far as his contract goes, you're right. He has said – in the past that that's not something they want it to be fair. They want it to be at the right time. And listen, I think if you're the Lakers too, you could wait on Dennis Schroeder. I think with a lot of these guys this year, Montrez Harrell has got an option, um, uh, a player option at the end of the season. He's probably going to go get paid and he deserves it. If that is the case, I, I guess I'm just not as worried about the future right now because you got a chance to win a championship right now. And there aren't too many windows um, you know, obviously where you're in that position. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about the offseason or next year or anything like that. More concerned about Thursday coming up and what the Lakers do, trade deadline in the buyout market. Montrez tonight, uh, 18 points, six rebounds, five of 10 from the field, played 34 minutes. Here's Montrez Harrell on the Lakers, 17-point loss to the Pelicans. Hey, Montrez, um, obviously two big reasons why the team struggled tonight, no LeBron, no AD. What else comes to your mind when you think of the game that was just played for reasons why you guys couldn't quite get there? Uh, man, we missed a lot of easy shots, man. We, we couldn't get the three ball to really fall for us. Um, man, we had definitely some defensive breakdowns and things that we wanted to kind of take away and kind of make them uncomfortable with um, that we didn't do. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, we just got to keep fighting. We just got to keep playing, man. Um, can't worry about, you know, the things that we don't have or the pieces that aren't here at that point in time. Uh, we know this, this is what it is, man. We got to uh, stick together. We got to band together. We got to fight, man. That's all it is. I got you know, said in the last time I did meet him, man, we're not looking to drop games or just, you know, hold on until, um, you know, these guys come back, man. We're trying to compete and still, you know, win games. Yeah, it uh, looked like AD was uh, working out a little bit before the game. Have you talked to him lately? Does he feel optimistic about a return at some point relatively soon? 
Um, me myself talking to him, I definitely feels like he, I mean, looking at him and just speaking to him, man, he, he's ready to kind of get back out there, you know, whenever, really. But I mean, it's a different, you know, type of injury. Um, so they're definitely going to take precautions and, you know, um, they keep telling them and, you know, he's got to understand, I guess I haven't been in this injury, but it's one of those ones where you feel good um, and feel like you're able to do the things you're accustomed to. But, you know, it's just still one of those things you got to kind of ease into. So. Um, you know, the doctors know what's best for him. Um, he knows what's best for himself as an athlete. Like I said, um, as a competitor, I know he wants to be out there and just uh, do everything he can to help us, um, you know, get back on track, you know, but he's doing everything he can off the court um, as vocally as he can. Uh, Tom, I just see him talking to him with us and breaking out different things and how things went. So he's still here uh, with us even when he's on the floor. Montrez, obviously a tough uh, but quick road trip. Now you come back, you play Philadelphia on Thursday. They lead the East. Uh, it's kind of like uh, there, there's no let up in sight. How, how do you guys rebound in time for that one? Uh, we gotta go home. We gotta get our preparation. We gotta get our rest um, and uh, get prepared to win the basketball game, man. Uh, with bros, man, this this isn't. Only thing that's different about this season, man, is the less amount of games we play, um, and we're on the COVID protocols, man. This is no different from if it was a regular season. Uh, we'll have a back to back, and you know it might be this team. You know injuries are. What's going to happen in the season, man? So that injuries aren't COVID, you know. So it's just something we got to deal with. Something we got to try to keep getting better at and uh, keep growing at. Um, I think you know we just got to keep. This is the time where we really got to band together as a team and as a group. All right, that's uh, Montrez Hale right there. Uh, a few things to take away from what he said. You know, I I think it, it's uh, I enjoy and I appreciate watching Montrez Hale. The, the dude does it every single possession. It, it's as if it's his last possession. And the effort is always there. The, the question now is just the Lakers got enough talent. You got Philly coming in on Thursday. They're up 20 right now against the Warriors without Joel Embiid. The road is not going to get any easier for the Lakers. So let's just put it that way. Um, when we come back, I want to read off a few of these tweets. I, I think there's some some interesting tweets here that uh, uh, obviously uh, link up with this Lakers loss. And, and um, Kyle Kuzma, who had Almost a triple-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. We'll get a chance to hear from him as well. Uh, stay right here. This is the Pizza Out Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus. Bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 128 to 111. Lakers lose to the Pelicans. We're going to get to uh, Kyle Kuzma here in just a second. If you want to be a part of the postgame show, 877-710-ESPN. I put out a tweet here, and I want to read off a few of the responses. Do the Lakers have to make a move by Thursday's deadline? Um, Chuck Wagon on Twitter. They don't need to make a move. They need to get healthy. There's no savior out there. Injuries are the one and only reason they are not doing well right now. Um, you know, I, I I thought there was something interesting that Coach said. We heard Coach a few minutes earlier, and he said that, you know, there could be a silver lining of what's happening right now. And I was trying to tell this to Michael, and, you know, he agreed in the pregame show that, if you just look at the position and the predicament that the Lakers are in, I mean, if I go to the standings right now, and I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to check out the NBA standings simply because it's obviously it could be a free fall for the Lakers over the next 30 days or so. I would say the silver lining is this: you look at the Lakers; they they've fallen now to fourth place in the Western Conference, so they were second before um, Anthony Davis or before LeBron James went down with his injury. So in just three games, the Lakers go from second to fourth. The reason why they're fourth, by the way, Clippers are 28-16, and 16, Lakers are 28-16, and 16, head-to-head, Clippers have a win. That's the reason why. Plus, Atlanta blew a freaking 22-point lead yesterday against the Clippers. That doesn't help the Lakers as well. So here are the Lakers in, in fourth place now. Denver is just a game and a half behind the Lakers. Portland is just two games behind the Lakers. San Antonio, it's four games, but in the loss column, it's only two games. Remember, San Antonio, I think, has played a lot less games. They were one of the few teams that had a lot of cancellations in the first half of the season or postponements. So when you really start looking at the standings right now, it might look like the Lakers have some cushion. They have some room to work with, which technically they do. 
But the reality is, in a week from now, um, you know, the standings could look a lot different if Lakers go on a four or five game losing streak, something along those lines. And, you know, when I put out a tweet, should the Lakers make some type of a move by the deadline? What obviously what I'm referring to now, which this was not the conversation before LeBron James got injured, is a move not only to try and strengthen your chances at winning an NBA championship or to address a specific need like a rim protector or maybe another outside shooter or a 3 and D guy, whatever the case is. you got to go make a move by Thursday just to, just to keep where you are in the standings, just to play 500 ball. I don't know if um, much is going to change if the Lakers obviously, uh, if LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't coming back soon. I don't know if Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl and all these other players, they're going to fight, but that doesn't mean they're going to win games. The Pelicans were 18-24. and 24. At one point, they were up 30-plus points in this game, so it just kind of shows obviously how big of a difference. Uh, Kuz tonight, uh, I mentioned... Good stat line. Did have six turnovers, by the way. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, and 6 turnovers. Here's Kuz on the Lakers' uh, 17-point loss. I think you have to turn to first uh, after experiencing these last two games and just trying to figure out how to hold water until you get LeBron and AD back into an extent, Mark. Oh, man. Well, for starters, we gotta we got to play the right way. I think that's uh, the number one thing because when those guys get back, um, that's how we're going to have to play the right way. So, um, you know, um, you know, that's offensively and defensively. You know, we got to be connected uh, defense, you know, following the game plan, following, um, you know, our, our defensive terminology. And offensively, we got to just play the right way, play uh, play extra pass, trust the, trust your next teammate. Um, I think um, I think tonight we played really good um, in that first quarter. Um, you know, it seemed like everybody was playing the right way. And then, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of drifted off from that. And, uh, during this time, we can't, we can't let that happen. Um, you know, doesn't matter who scores, um, who has the most rebounds, assists, whatever, you know, we, we got to find out ways to win and, um, continue to have good habits. Because it's been a while now since you were on the later teams, right. That struggled. Um, some and what what is how do you kind of keep that mentality out? Uh, is that something you think you could see as being any kind of an issue, or do you think that everything's going to be just fine and stable in the locker room here? Um, well, I mean, we'll see. We don't know. You know, we got the trade deadline coming up. Uh, you know, once we get past that, we'll see uh, where we're at, and um, you know, hopefully, we can just uh, continue to stay level-headed, and we um, we just have the right the right mindset out there. You know, I think that's just what we have to do during this time. Okay, Dave McMenamin, please. Who's Frank felt like there was strides made on offense tonight, uh, but obviously uh, defensively, especially the points of the paint, was somewhere you struggled. Uh, do you think you guys need, like, some practice time? Stuff's come obviously fast and furious. You have the back-to-back this weekend and then third game in four nights. Um could, could regrouping and kind of going over things help figure out the game plan uh, while you have guys out? Uh, I mean, that, that would be uh, great in a, in a perfect, perfect world, but uh, that's not the situation that we're in. We have games every other day, so we can't necessarily uh, have practices and, you know, kind of go full throttle. Um, you know, we have play Thursday, Friday, day off Sunday. So, um, you know, that's just how the NBA schedule is right now. So, Really, we have to learn on the fly, and kind of the games are are our practice right now. So, you know, it's all about you know just uh, you know kind of shifting your 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 mind and your mindset just to you know be that way uh, on the fly, and uh, it's up up to us to do that. Okay, Kyle Goon, please. Hey, Kuz, uh, I've. Two unrelated questions, if you're willing to indulge me. First, Mike referenced, you know, you were a part of the team where you went through that stretch without LeBron back in 2019. Do you feel like this team has any inherent advantages uh, compared to that team back then to kind of get through this time? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that, um, you know, we have we have we have better pieces in that team for sure. Um, 
you know, but we just have to figure out just our new style of, of play. Really, I think that's that's a that's a big uh, big thing for us. One, we're undersized right now. Um, you know, we have bodies out, um, and then on top of that, you know, like I said, you know, kind of switching that mental and then switching our our offensive profile a little bit uh, would would really help too. Um, you know, this team it was constructed for um, playing off of LeBron and. Anthony Davis. So, you know, for us, you know, we got to switch, uh, switch the script and, you know, shoot more threes and, and get up and down more and have more pace and, and, and play together. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's the challenge that we're, uh, we're, we're, we have right now. And just secondly, I was wondering if you might tell us a little bit more about uh, your interaction with Elgin and, and your thoughts on his passing yesterday. Uh, Elgin, you said? Yeah. yeah. Elgin. Elgin. Yes. Oh, Elgin, yeah. Uh, man, you know, he's uh, one of just one of the pillars of not only Lakers basketball, but uh, of NBA history. You know, one of the greatest players of all time. Um, you know, one, uh, one in this league and, you know, one of the greatest players, you know. And for me uh, to be here in L.A. and, you know, during my time and just being able to meet one of the greats, um, you know, I love it. You know, anytime I can meet people before, um, before my time that paid the way for, you know, me and others to be in this league, um, you know, it's huge. You know, I saw a crazy, crazy stat about him the other day that said, um, and I, I think this is 1961. Um, he was, he was enlisted in the army, so he could only play on the weekends and averaged 39 and 19. For the season, I only played 40, 45, 46 games, something like that. Um, that's a, that's an unbelievable stat, and that just shows you, um, you know, how great he was as a player. But he was a he was a great man too. So, okay, thanks, Kyle. And the last question is going to be Dan Wykey, please. Hey, Cruz. Um, I guess you, you know you, you mentioned that this was a team that was built to play off of. LeBron and AD, obviously they're both not here. Um, obviously, uh, you're not going to practice. Like, I, I, are you guys prepared to take some lumps, I guess, in this stretch? Is that being realistic? Uh, I mean, yeah, you got to be. You got to be realistic. You know, when you don't have, obviously, Anthony out here, which is, you know, our primary offensive player, our, you know, essentially number one option in who we look at, and then having Bron out is tough because um, – you know, that's, you know, someone that makes shots, communicates on defense all the time, um, true playmaker. So, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a challenge, but, um, you know, it's, it's not nothing that we can't overcome. So I think, um, you know, we just got to continue to look at the drawing board and continue just to trust each other and uh, try to play for one another on both sides of the ball and, I think that if we can do that, you know, we, we can give ourselves a chance every single night. And uh, that's the challenge we're up against. And, um, you know, just got to strap it up and go. All right, that's uh, Kyle Kuzma right there. 128-111, to 111, the final score. Pelicans over the Lakers. Uh, this coverage on ESPN LA 710 is brought to you by Santa Monica Lincoln, your Los Angeles Lincoln dealership for sales and for service. Um you know, 28-16 and 16 is, is the record that the Lakers have, and I, I know a lot of us are going to um, – complain is not the right word, but there's some frustration. And I thought uh, Kuzma was really real right there as far as expectations. When you're missing Anthony Davis, LeBron James, throw Marcus in there as well, whether Marcus has been the exact player that we were hoping for this season, still a seven-footer that can help uh, grab some rebounds and at least persuade some defenders or offensive players to not come into the paint – when you're missing those type of players, this is uh, this is going to be a tough stretch. When we come back, um, a couple more tweets that I want to read. I'll take your phone calls as well, 877-710-ESPN. We'll get a chance to hear from KCP. Magic Johnson was on earlier this morning on first take. I thought he had some interesting comments, so we'll do all that coming up next. This is the Pizza Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Lakers uh, 28 and 16 on the season. Pelicans now 19 and 24. They beat the Lakers by 17, 128 to uh, 111. Let me uh, grab a quick phone call here. Uh, Kenny in Tarzana. What's going on, Kenny? So I had the privilege of watching Elgin 
at the end of his career, probably for about three or four years. And uh, Chick would talk about the corkscrew. And I also uh, had the opportunity of meeting him um, later on in his life. And I told him that I thought Kobe, you know, Robert to Kobe and Jordan comparisons. But I said that you know, Kobe reminded me of him. Hmm. He really didn't disagree, just the way that he would hang in the air. That's what Elton was known for, hanging in the air and just unbelievable body control. I remember one game, Wimma, Trey West had 43, mm-hmm. and Elgin also had 43. And they're just an amazing kid. Of... Also, just one last week, I talked about the... LeBron and the MVP. Go to... I'll tell you where he got ripped off. Mm-hmm. 2015 NBA Finals. Trey West was the MVP. First year they gave it out in the NBA Finals, 68-69. LeBron deserved it. In 2015, he led all teams in rebounds, assists, and points. They gave it to uh, Iguodala, you'll recall. Kenny, so, I, That's the one complaint. I appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you calling in. What he's referring to there was actually the NBA Finals MVP. Iguodala got it. Jerry West was the only player to win Finals MVP um, after losing in an NBA Finals. Real quick, uh, what Kenny was mentioning right there, he talked about um, comparisons with Kobe. Kobe had such a such a great interview with Jackie McMullen um, years ago, where he's talking about how um, he's talking about how Elgin Baylor was Dr. J before Dr. J before you know he was Jordan before Jordan. It just some of these comparisons that you're hearing, you know, some of these names that were being thrown around. Michael told a fantastic story today about how. In I think it was 1990 something along those lines. He's waiting for, or maybe it was even earlier. He's on the uh, on the plane and he's waiting for the rest of the team to come. And he asked Chick Hearn, Chick, who's the greatest Laker that you've ever seen play? And he said, without hesitating, he said Elgin Baylor. So just kind of shows some of the love and respect Elgin Baylor's obviously got these last uh, 24 hours. And uh, you know, obviously, I'm I'm sure. Uh, that means a ton to his family, but also the basketball community has gone out of their way to highlight just how great of a player that he was. Uh, certainly underappreciated, let's put it that way. Um, the Lakers got – actually, let, I want to read off this tweet here because I think this is um, this is one of those tweets that I think kind of sums up um, how you look at just the position that the Lakers are in right now. Lakers and Soulful House on Twitter – I guess I'm just old because all the whining and calling Laker fans garbage along with this entitled mindset that just because we as fans say trade for so, uh, trade for so-and-so, it's better to happen. Um, Injuries happen, slumps happen, championships aren't easy, and they are rare. So I think that kind of puts something a little bit in perspective right there where you got a Laker fan saying everybody just, you know, pump the brakes for a quick second. Um, I I, I don't know, and I, I mentioned this when I started off the postgame show, I don't know how things are going to change between now and the time LeBron and AD come back. I genuinely mean that. I, I have no idea how it's going to change. Um, what I'm referring to there, what I say, what I mean from there, yeah, you're probably going to start losing, you know, a ton of games here. You're, you're gonna, it's going to have to be a team that's not prepared to play the Lakers, or everybody is in complete connection in one game. Defense is fantastic. Offense is clicking. It's going to have to be some type of combination like that for the Lakers to win some of these games. And I could look at the schedule, and you could say, oh, well, Allen, they got Philly coming up on Thursday. No Joel Embiid. Philly's still playing great basketball, and Tobias Harris is still there, and Ben Simmons is still there. Uh, They have good players. Uh, You could say, well, they got Cleveland coming up on Friday. I mean, any game that the Lakers play is going to be a tough game specifically, specifically because of this predicament and this situation that we're in, um, you know, obviously I'm returned, uh, referring to the Lakers, um, referring to the Lakers being in this position right now without uh, uh, many of their stars. Okay, let me squeeze in one more quick call, and then we're going to go to uh, to KCP. Steve in La Habra. Steve, what's going on? Hey, how are you? It's always a great show, great talking with you, but I just want to say I don't know if the Lakers will win another game without um, LeBron and AD. I mean, every team that's going to play the Lakers are going to be pumped up to say, hey, look, we can beat you when your two big brothers aren't here, you know, and and now you're coming down to where the rest of us are. And it's going to be like their Super Bowl every time they play the Lakers from here on out. Well, Steve, during the game. And and Steve, just to add on top of that here, um, there is no sorries or excuse yous. You know, 
these specific teams will want to take advantage of the Lakers obviously struggling. And and I just mentioned, Steve, the NBA standings. If you look at the standings, yeah, you're not that far off from some of these teams that are in the fifth seed, the sixth seed, the seventh seed. Um, I appreciate the call. I want to get to KCP here real quick. Um, here's KCP on the Lakers' loss. Lakers lose 128-111. to 111. KCP's thoughts. Hey, Kenny, Frank was talking about the offense and, and the emphasis that he's trying to put on figuring out a way to play that's, of course, going to be a lot different when LeBron's not in there, uh, let alone AD and Gasol. What are you hearing from that, and, and what are you seeing in these last two games without LeBron specifically about how you guys are trying to get things done? Uh you know, first off, just uh, Brian is, you know, he's a big part of this team, his organization, you know, uh, and by him going down, you know, that's, that's a lot that we have to pick up. Um, but uh, as far as like just uh, us, you know, who's out here playing now, you know, we got to play together, you know, play for each other, you know, uh, make the extra pass uh, and not just uh, just going out there to being selfish. You know, we got to, they got to be a team effort, you know, each game. You know, we don't have uh, uh, two superstars and Brian and AD. You know, er everything else now has to be a team effort. And then, uh, Contavious, you were telling me before the break just how the, the shortened offseason and everything had been building for you and you were feeling some of the fatigue. Uh, wondered what the break did for you and if you're how you're feeling at this point and then what your outlook is moving forward as you guys get closer and closer to the postseason. Uh, I'm feeling great, you know, just trying to stay in a good rhythm. You know, at least trying to get back to a good rhythm. Uh, but I feel great. You know, body feel great. My mental is there. Um, all around, I just feel great. Okay, next up, Kyle Goon, please. Hey, KCP. Um, you know, it's, it's trade deadline season again, and uh, I know you've been a part of a lot of groups that sort of there's always talk around the Lakers, I guess. Um, are, are you feeling pretty secure? Does it feel different than other years? You just signed your contract, and and do you, do you feel like your role on this team is pretty defined? Uh, yeah, I feel like my role on this team is, is pretty defined in uh, what my coach is looking for me to do uh, on the court uh, as far as teammate as well. Uh, but, you know, I'm here to just do my job and, and do it at, at, at 100%. Okay, Dan Woodkey, please. You talked about trying to get into rhythm. Um, how realistic is that when it, you know, that rhythm has been disrupted so many times, so many different ways here over the last few weeks? And, and just how, like, what is sort of the whiplash of going from like playing with a guy who's as can do everything like LeBron to like just not having him? Uh, I mean, it's a big difference. You know, uh, LeBron sees a lot that, you know, pretty much most guy doesn't see on the floor, you know, uh, uh, he's the most vocal out there when he's, when he's out there, you know, we miss that a lot. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, uh, but we just got to play for each other, you know, uh, try to, uh, make the easy play or what a simple play. Um, and just, just play basketball for each other, you know, uh, you know, driving kicks, which we, we, we have to do, uh, just to create, uh, shots for others. Uh, and we also got to play defense. You know, we got to we got to be able to be tough on that end as well. Okay, Dave McManaman, please. KCP, the last couple of years, uh, because you signed consecutive one-year deals, you had a no-trade clause by default. Uh, because you don't have that this year, does it change the way you process what's out there? Uh, look at whatever rumors are floating uh you know is there any more of that noise entering into your sphere because you know this is the first year i think in four years that you haven't had a no trade clause um man i'm not like i said earlier you know i'm just here to do my job uh if i'm in trade rumors i mean that's you know some i don't i don't really have like control of uh so i want to really just think about what i can control uh, and I come out here and do my job. Okay. Oh, sorry. Last question, Bill Orm, please. ACP, do you think there's any more anxiety in the locker room about the trade deadline this year, just because of the uncertainty about LeBron and AD's injuries? 
Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know uh, who's all in the trade talk. I really haven't uh, paid attention to it or even heard anything about it. Uh, it's my first time hearing about it. Um, but I don't know what was the uh, – I mean, I feel like the energy is, is, is good. You know, I, I don't think nobody's worried about any, any trade I mean, unless they're keeping it personal. All right, that's uh, KCP right there. Man, I can only imagine coming towards trade deadline. We we dealt with this. You remember before Lakers got Anthony Davis, all the chatter around Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart and all these players, Avita Zubats at the time. Uh, I'm sure it's a relief once you get to Thursday, one way or the other, whether you're, you're still on the roster that you're on or you're not, at least you know one way or the other um, whether you're going to be with that team for the remainder of the season. Lakers lose to the Pelicans 128-111. to Your phone call, some tweets coming up next, 877-710-ESPN. And I didn't get a chance to play that uh, that uh, clip with Magic Johnson from first take, so I'm going to do that coming up next as well. Uh, stay right here. Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, yeah, 877-710-ESPN if you want to be a part of the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show. A couple reminders here. Starting tomorrow, 5 a.m., Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, and Travis. Um, I will be doing the Travis and Sliwa show tomorrow night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., so guys, keep that in mind. We'll continue our Lakers conversation. Of course, NBA trade deadline coming up on Thursday. I, I want to play something from Magic. So on first take earlier today, Magic was talking about the situation that the Lakers are in. He gives his thoughts. Well, I'm nervous because, you know, when you have AD and LeBron out with injuries, that is a cause of concern. And then I'm concerned about the middle, too. We are not very good at uh, shot blocking. The things we used to be good at with uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, we can't close the middle down this year. We, we don't have that type of length on our team. So uh, I hope that uh, during this trade deadline or if somebody get bought out, that we can, you know, solve that issue. But it's going to be tough for any team to beat the Lakers if they're healthy uh, four times in a playoff series. It's, it's just going to be tough. So I, I, I still believe in the Lakers, but the Lakers have competition this year that they didn't have last season. All right. A, a lot of good things I, I want to take off of that uh conversation with Stephen A. Smith, uh, Max Kellum, and Molly Karam on first take. Okay, so Magic says he's concerned about the middle, and I cannot tell you how long I've heard Laker fans talk about rim protection and the loss of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard not in the lineup. Uh, we're going to see Dwight Howard and Danny Green, by the way, on Thursday, uh, Lakers and the Philadelphia 76ers from Staples Center. Um, let me go through some big men that we've heard affiliated with the Lakers, some capacity affiliated with the Lakers and with the trade deadline coming up on Thursday. Um, I've always felt that the Lakers were not going to go out and make a big-time trade. I just didn't. I, I, I think that they got the pieces that they thought were necessary in the offseason, Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder. They thought Wesley Matthews was going to you know, take the role of Danny Green. Um, THT is evolving into a player that you just got to have on the floor. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, he's continuing to develop. Kuzma's more comfortable with his role. So I think the Lakers did what they did in the offseason to put them in this position right now, where if healthy, you're going to make some tweaks as you get close to the trade deadline. In the buyout market, you can make tweaks to take your team from not only you know one of the favorites to win a championship, but maybe now you separate yourself from the rest of the pack because of the buyout market. LeBron goes down with an injury. Um, Anthony Davis obviously has been out. Dennis Schroeder was in and out of the lineup. Marcus Gasol still out from health and safety protocols. Passed all those, but now it's a conditioning thing, so he's trying to get back into playing form. So take all these factors in play. These are the names that we've heard affiliated with the Lakers when Magic says he's concerned about the middle. We've heard the name being thrown around of JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, it's a little complicated with JaVale. He's on the Cavs right now. The only way the Lakers can actually get JaVale McGee is if he's traded to another team and then 
he's bought out. Uh, that's how the Lakers would get an opportunity to uh, get their hands back on JaVale McGee. And I, I think every Laker fan would agree, if you ended up back with JaVale McGee, you'd feel comfortable. You would feel, okay, this is a guy that knows his role, helped the Lakers win a championship last year, not asking to do much, rim protector, a couple lobs, a couple block shots here and there, and then he's going to go sit on the bench. We'll give you maybe 15 minutes a game. Um, another name that you've heard uh, circled around the Lakers. I've heard Hassan Whiteside's name be thrown around. Hassan is up in Sacramento. He's making $2.3 million. Maybe there's a way for the Lakers to grab a player like that. The only question I have on Hassan Whiteside would be, is Hassan Whiteside, if the Lakers had an opportunity to bring him over, maybe it's in the buyout market, maybe they made a trade. Like I said, the the money is not big. It's $2.3 million. Um, it's not like you're dealing with contracts like LaMarcus Aldridge or Andre Drummond. Those guys I'm going to get into in just a second. Hassan Whiteside, the question I have with him is, is he all in? I mean, would this be a player that came in and said, whatever you guys need, what do you need me to do? I'm a seven-foot center. Uh, I can definitely be a rim protector. Um, I used to clean the glass and grab all these blocks when I was in Miami, uh, when I was in Portland, just using Hassan Whiteside's career over the last couple of years. I just don't know if Hassan has that. I'll do anything it takes for this team. You tell me and I'll do it. Now, we've also seen players like that come play with LeBron James and they completely buy in. So that's another name that we've heard affiliated with the Lakers. LaMarcus Aldridge, Sham Sharania had reported that uh, if he was bought out from the San Antonio Spurs, Miami, Portland, and Boston would be the leading suitors for LaMarcus Aldridge. I got a feeling it's not going to be LaMarcus Aldridge. I just got this uh, this feeling that um, uh, maybe this wouldn't be the team that LaMarcus Aldridge would want to be on. And then the home run hit, the um, you know swinging for the fences player, it's Andre Drummond. You know, Michael said this uh, in the pregame show. He just talked about, man, I, I was getting ready to give him a list. Okay, Michael, these are some of the players that we've been hearing. Which one's more impactful? Before I even started my list, he said Andre Drummond. I'm like, all right, we'll do uh, who's second and third place then. Um, Andre Drummond, that's the one that you know a lot of these contenders are going to be suiting for to try and grab his services. They're going to be swinging for the fences. It won't be just the Lakers. I'm sure the Clippers will be swinging. I'm sure the Nets will be swinging. I'm sure Boston will be swinging. And I'm sure there's other teams that we're not having the conversation about right now that will be part of that conversation. So... When Magic says that he's concerned about the middle, I get what he's saying. I understand what he's getting or what he's saying, and I think the Lakers, you know, obviously are are looking to address that. I had a caller call in earlier in the pregame or in the uh, postgame show talk about Damian Jones, and one of the messages that he had was, "I really like this guy. Can the Lakers get him back?" The answer is yes, they can. And Coach had said that he doesn't feel like the door is closed um, necessarily on Damian Jones. But you feel like the Lakers wanted that second roster spot for one specific reason. They think they can do better. Um, I don't. There's no other reason why you wouldn't have Damian Jones still on this roster, especially in this predicament where the Lakers are down um, so much size with Gasol and with, uh, with Anthony Davis out. The last thing that uh, Magic mentioned, tough for any, t- any uh, team to beat the Lakers if they're healthy. I'm going to go back to this, and I think a lot of Laker fans would agree with this. Health, typically, is the most important thing when it comes to sports. You can have all the talent in the world. If all your talent is not healthy, then it's irrelevant. And this has been the case in you know many a playoff runs, championship runs. Every time I mention it to Michael and I look back at that championship that the Toronto Raptors had, the Raptors did not win a championship because they were better than the Golden State Warriors. The Raptors won a championship because Kevin Durant was unavailable and in Game 6, Clay Thompson, or in Game 5, no, Game 6, Clay Thompson went down and he was unavailable for the rest of the game. That's why they won the championship. And that happened. That's part of sports. But I would feel pretty damn good that here we are sitting, yesterday was... Um, the 60 days left until the playoffs start. 60 days, so two full months left before the playoffs start. I'd feel pretty damn good that when the Lakers, if the Lakers, hopefully the Lakers, 
get LeBron James and Anthony Davis back at some point, you know, I'm just going to, you know, throw a ballpark here, let's say over the next four weeks, they will be the favorites again to win an NBA championship. And the difference this time around is not only would those two guys be healthy, but they would be fresh. That's the silver lining of this entire thing. Um, And that is me trying to spin things here to be positive, but it's the truth as well. The tough part's going to be getting to that moment, getting to that point where LeBron and Anthony Davis are back in the lineup. They are available for the Lakers. That's going to be the the tough stretch is going to be how many games are the Lakers going to lose between now and the time that those guys come back. That's a legitimate question. The tough question is going to be how many how many um, teams are going to jump the Lakers in the Western Conference standings before those two players come back. Those are legitimate, legitimate concerns. But it all comes down to this. When those two players come back, depending on what Rob Palenka does here over the next 48 hours and when the Lakers obviously get healthy, um, there's going to be no team in the Western Conference that wants to face the Lakers. That's the bottom line. Can you imagine if you're the freaking Utah Jazz and you worked all season to get the number one seed and the Lakers fall all the way back to the eighth seed and you got Lakers in the first round? Can you imagine if you're the Clippers and all you're trying to do is just get to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in your franchise's history? And you look at the standings, you're a third seed and Lakers are number six. You got to face the Lakers in the first round. Um, that's the way I kind of look at this predicament in this situation. There's no, none of us can predict when LBJ and AD come back. But the beauty is Anthony Davis has already missed 21 games this year. When he does come back, and Lakers obviously going to be extremely cautious you got to imagine that he's good to go, he's fresh, he's ready to go, where some of these other teams, some of these other All-Stars might not be as fresh. Um, I know KD's missing some time. I know now Joel Embiid is missing some time. But being fresh is just as important as uh, anything else, and the Lakers obviously now in a position where we'll see how long LeBron James and Anthony Davis will be out for. Okay, quick reminder, tomorrow starting at 7 p.m., uh, Travis and Sliwa show will go till 9 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Um, plus, if you missed any part of this show, uh, we appreciate you guys being a part of the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show. You could always catch the entire postgame show on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Uh, LA, as always, thank you for tuning in. Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN.